Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Going to be another hot one. I guess that I should just put that on a recording. And um, I don't see an end to it. Nobody seems to know when this heat dome is going to back away from us and we'll finally have at least two-digit temperatures. And, you know, it's silly how saying it's going to be 100 is miserable, but for some reason, 99 gets by. Like that one degree is going to make such a difference. We're in incredible heat, and uh, the drought situation isn't really improving enough. The lakes are still way down. It'll be a while, it'll be a lot of rain before they catch back up. Part of the problem is the rain has to be in the right place. And so far it hasn't been in the watershed to fill the lakes. Now, one of the things you should be working on during the cool part of the day, don't be out there at high noon, is improving your soil conditions. The better your soil, the more water it can retain. That means you can handle these kind of drought situations. You don't uh, need to water as much. You don't need as much water, period. But you've got to work on your soil conditions. It is super hot. We would not, not be applying a compost top dressing on our turf grasses. It's so hot it could burn the turf and leave you big bad uh, bald patches. It could leave you with uh, brown turf grass areas. So we don't do compost as a top dressing on your turf in these temperatures. Now there are liquid options Medina soil activator, um, liquid molasses, doses of seaweed, compost tea, all of those things are okay to apply to your turf. But in this heat, you really would not be applying, uh, really would not be applying a compost to the turf. Can you apply compost to your flower beds, around your trees, things like that? Sure. Sure you can. They're not going to be placed on top of something that's growing and possibly burn it, like your turf grass. So you can be applying compost. Now, it's easiest on you to do compost in the coolest spring and the coolest fall. I know that's what, three days total. Um, but you can get uh, a better application without beating yourself up if you do it in the cool part of the year. So if you did, if you applied compost to your flower beds this spring, you're probably good till this fall. So you don't even have to be out there working. Um, over the past couple of weekends, 
I've been making a lot of comment about being out in the sun, that you need to make sure that you've got good sun protection, hat, gloves, you get, uh, they make a lot of clothing that has high UV protection numbers in it. Cover up. It's not just about putting on sunscreen. Sunscreen needs to re be replaced about every two hours. But if you're wearing um, a shirt that has an SPF 50, well, that's like putting it on sunscreen and it doesn't wear out. I have to make a big comment about this because as I said, most of us as we were younger, we tended to slather on the baby oil because we wanted to be perfectly tan and brown. We wound up being perfectly pink and sunburned and uh, it catches up with us as we get older. Found out my, for myself, saw my uh, dermatologist this last week and she found half a dozen spots on my cheek, my forehead, on my neck that are precancerous, directly related to sun exposure. Fortunately, they're very easily treatable because I got checked. Didn't take anything. Takes a few minutes and she never even touched me. She had a scope that looked at each one of the uh, spots and could recognize the cell damage and prescribed this, um, I, I guess you would call it a chemotherapy lotion. And I'm going to be fortunate because I tackled this early. I found out what those little spots and dots are, and I'm going to wind up getting rid of them. Took me 10 minutes to talk with her. I apply a cream twice a day for a couple of weeks, and that should be it. Now, it's too late for me to worry about the sun because, well, I already exposed myself to it too much, and I'm suffering the consequences of it. But you can go and... Uh, You can go and get a, a quick exam. It only takes a few minutes, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have to remove spots from you. But the sooner you have it, being gardeners, we're out in that sun all the time. The sooner you have it, the sooner they can treat it and not let it get worse on you because it can develop into a very deadly cancer. I have, uh, speaking of this heat, I have a text here about somebody, their cucumbers are giving up, as are mine. They grew really well. They didn't produce many cucumbers, and right now they're not blooming at all. 
they're burning up, crispy, the leaves look terrible. What should you do? More than likely pull out the cucumber. It's not going to produce any more for you. And it's not going to be particularly worth trying to save it and hope that it'll do better in cooler weather. Um, go ahead. They grow too fast. You, you don't have to try to carry it over through the summer. Um, pull it out and put that growing space to better use. Remember, you pull out a plant, you got to put a handful of compost in the hole where the plant was, or more than one handful, but you need to replace the organic matter that was used by that cucumber. I would be giving up on them at this time. Some cucumbers, the Armenians, the uh, Suyo longs, can still produce in the heat, but they're gonna have a hard time even with their abilities to handle this kind of heat. So if you got something else you wanna grow, pull the cucumber, throw it away, put it in your compost pile, and um, go ahead and use that space for something else. Folks, this is gardening naturally. Um, I gotta take a quick break, we'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, gardeners. hot day today, but there's still lots going on, a lot of good things. I got texted a question, and uh, I kind of want to talk about it a second here, and it's, is there anything that can be planted by seed right now? Are there any veggies, um, crops, whatever, that can be started by seed? Yeah, okra will do well, and we have enough heat. You can try peppers and eggplant. They tend to be warm weather crops. So if you're going to start them by seed, now is not a bad time to do so. There are uh, flowers from morning glories to... Uh, uh, marigolds, cosmos, things like that, zinnias for sure, that could, you could start. Now, they're going to have to take extra time from you because it's so dry. We are so missing out on water. You're going to have to pay better attention to get them started. You can't put a seed in the ground, water it once, and walk away. They're going to need to get a start. You may do better to start some of those things inside. In little starts where you can definitely control the water and then uh, plant them out as they get bigger. 
it's really hard right now to get anything from seeds to do particularly well. But you can manage with, um, like I said, okra. You can get eggplant to start and grow now. You can do uh, peppers, particularly hot peppers will start and grow now. There are flowers that you can put out by seed, uh, beautiful ones that'll just, you know, attract all the bees you need. But it is a hard time to start stuff by seed. If you were looking for something and you were going, I'm gonna start this by seed, and you find it already as a start, consider using the start. You'll have, you should have more success with it because the start's already growing. You just have to be careful and make sure that you get the water it needs to it. You don't want to flood it, but you do want to make sure it doesn't go without water when it needs it. You know, I talked about host plants for butterflies and that I had um, Dutchman's pipe growing. It's a beautiful plant. I have the white veined variety. Uh, someone sent me a text picture of their uh, woolly Dutchman's pipe, which grows as a very aggressive vine. And I had my host plant mowed to the ground, flush. Couldn't see the plant at all anymore because the caterpillars had eaten it. Well, we checked and it has come back from being flush to the ground to being more than a foot tall and spread out real nice, lots of bush to it. And we're right back to, I got, got it covered with the same caterpillars again. So we're gonna have a cycle of, here we go, Dutchman's pipe, bunch of caterpillars, hopefully a bunch of butterflies. When they get done eating and they become a chrysalis again, the Dutchman's pipe's gonna pop up. It's gonna be like, okay, nobody's eating me now, I can grow again. Um, it's kind of a, it is a cycle. And it's really neat to watch. You worry about your plant, it gets chewed down to nothing, but you get a reward of all these butterflies. And when the butterflies are in their chrysalis and, and turning into the butterfly, the plant like goes, oh, whew, safe. Now I can grow again. And the butterflies come out of their chrysalis they go to lay eggs, and there you go, fresh Dutchman's pipe. This works with passion flower too, the way it grows. And sunflowers, uh, sunflowers host uh, painted ladies, I believe. Um, maybe red admiral butterflies also. These are smaller butterflies. They're just as beautiful as any other. And there are a lot of them. You'll see them flopping around and uh, doing their thing. But the plants and the butterflies have this relationship with each other. 
they will not the the caterpillars will not kill the host plant. If they did, we wouldn't have any of those caterpillars and butterflies. Happen to notice also, um, my Dutchman's pipe is underneath an American beautyberry, and it's starting to flower, that really pale pink flower that it puts on. It's very pretty. It's covered with bees. They are going crazy on that flower, and uh, the the beautyberry is going to be covered with purple fruit here soon because so many bees are pollinating it right now. It's a gorgeous plant, and it does uh, very well here. It does very well here. It can survive in a shadier environment, and you can get away with it in a high sun area, though it doesn't do quite as well. Half day of sun, probably about the most it needs. Beautiful flowers, and uh, the berries look amazing, all those purple berries on it, and you will have mockingbirds from miles around come to eat those berries. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. Um, hot one today. Again, always. Summer in Texas. It seems endless. And it starts earlier each year. Um, I, I'm getting some questions about, and we really need to talk about this, planting milkweed now. Milkweed is a host plant, meaning the butterflies are going to lay an egg on it. The egg's going to hatch into a caterpillar. The caterpillar's going to eat it. We don't need host plants to plant in the fall. See, during the migration in the spring, the monarchs come through here and they need the host plant to lay eggs to make the next generation. But in the fall, they're heading back to Mexico. They're not going to lay more eggs. What they need in the fall is nectar plants, lots of them. So if you're looking to plant things for the butterflies now, you want to plant things that'll be blooming, lots of blooms in the fall for the butterflies as they pass through heading south. Lantana, not a seed plant, but a plant that many of the butterflies like. Blue mist flower, same thing. A little bit of it started and it will grow out and bloom for you at the right time. Um, cosmos, zinnias, all of these plants 
that produce a nectar need to be in bloom when it's fall time. That's going to provide food for the butterflies as they continue their trip. We're not looking to have them lay eggs on the way south. That's not their pattern. We want to provide them with food and resources. So have puddling dishes. If you don't know what that is, take a saucer, like a, a saucer for under a clay pot, and fill it with little teeny bit of gravel and then keep it full of water. The butterflies will land on the gravel and suck up the water. It's a puddling pool. Make sure you have lots of nectar plants blooming. Doesn't matter too much what kind of plant it is. It just needs to have nectar and the butterflies will have food to be able to continue their journey. Should you be planting milkweed now? Well, yes and no. Yes in the fact that it can establish itself. You can get it growing and then have it ready in the fall to really have a nice plant. You can enjoy the color of it, but then it will overwinter and be there and ready for spring. Now, I'm not talking tropical milkweed, okay? I'm talking about the native milkweeds. They will overwinter and come up in the spring. Tropical milkweed can freeze. That can be a really big problem. So that's not going to make it through. You can have a great, big, beautiful tropical milkweed growing in the fall, but it's really not gonna be a lot of help to the monarchs. You can also look at uh, clearing by using um, weed eaters or mowers, no herbicides. We want to enable the habitat. That means we want lots of the native wildflowers to be growing and providing food for those butterflies so that um, they're able to make their trips. In the spring, they're laying eggs. In the fall, they're looking for food because they're traveling south. They're not there to lay eggs. If you see eggs in the fall on your milkweed, it's possible that it's one of the three different. There's not only monarchs that lay eggs, that's one, but queens and viceroys can lay eggs on milkweed. So, yeah, you can support them. But for the monarchs, it's going to be food plants, lots and lots of nectar. I just got texted a question, where do you find native milkweed? Some nurseries have contact with people who grow it. 
and you can go in and get a one-gallon pot of, um, of antelope horn, and this is the most common one. I love that, that uh, native wildflower. And many of them, if they get established, will come back next year. I have plants that in the spring we put down flags because we know where they're going to be, and the plants appear so we don't mow them down. You can get native milkweed seed. It has some pretty strict requirements to get it going, and some of that requirement is for it to stay in your refrigerator for a while. It needs that overwintering effect so that it'll start properly for you. But you can find the seed online. Native American Seed has it, among other places that carry the milkweed seed. And some nurseries, you'll have to call them and ask them if they're carrying any native milkweed or when they carry it. So you can check back with them as to, oh, I, it's that time of year, they should be carrying it, I need to go and look so I can get it planted and be ready for when the monarchs come through again. But mostly milkweed in the spring, we want flowers with nectar in the fall. Lots of flowers, lots of nectar, happy butterflies. You know, and sometimes those plants are also great food source for the hummingbirds. So everybody gets helped out by that. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. Um, I intend to put in a new put in new garden beds. Not veggie. We're going to put in uh, shrubs, native plants, etc. But what I'm going to do is, even in this heat, they'll survive, is I have a cover crop. They're cow peas, black-eyed peas. And I'm going to plant them everywhere that I'm going to put in this new bed. They will grow in this heat. They won't require a great deal of water. But they will fix the soil with more nitrogen and they will create a, a high organic matter environment. They'll improve the tilt. They'll grow there without me having to do much of anything. And they will improve the soil. And I'm going to let them grow until, oh, last frost, which will freeze them and knock them all down. And then I'm going to cut them down. Before I cut them down, I'm going to spread clover seed, which will grow during the cool season. It can overwinter here. And I'm going to let it go crazy as much as I can until the spring. And then I will 
work that material into the soil also to really help build up a good quality soil. Two seasons in a row of cover crop should do a nice job of building up nitrogen, should do a good job of um, fixing the tilth, breaking up the clay, you know, making it so that it becomes crumbly and easy for plants to grow in. All that organic matter, that natural nitrogen being fixed, the change in the tilth of the soil should give me a great place to put in new garden plants and get them established. I'm looking to put in a bunch of blooming perennials so that I can have this garden that I don't have to tend to much. Might have to water it, might have to deadhead some flowers, but it should look great and it should be more than ready, more than ready to give a new starting spot for a garden. And it doesn't take a lot of effort on my part. Doesn't take a lot of time. Most of the plants that are cover crops for summer surprisingly don't need a lot of water. So I'm going to let nature do the work for me to build up my garden. Now, when I give up on tomatoes for the year, I will be covering that ground with clover so that it will enrich the soil for my next season's tomatoes or peppers or whatever I decide to grow. Cover crops are the least effort plants you can use to improve the ground you're working with. Now, that's not the only cover crop. The, the cow peas, the southern peas, buckwheat, those are plants that will grow really well in our heat. And they add a lot of organic matter to the soil. They help break it up and loosen it. They don't require much care. I mean, if you grow the southern peas, you're growing black-eyed peas, for example, just let them dry on the vine. Pluck them off when they get frozen or right before the first freeze, harvest them all. Shell them, and ta-da, you've got your New Year's Eve black-eyed peas, fresh from your garden. The buckwheat. It'll freeze to the ground in a heartbeat. It's really going to be easy to, okay, planted it, don't need to do much to it, have our first frost, okay, the buckwheat's done. And you can put in another plant there. So cover crops are a way to do a lot, a lot of work with not much effort. And it will give you great results. You'll have a beautiful garden. Um, you'll have great growing conditions for shrubs, for trees, things like that. For those of you that compost, 
make your compost bin be very, very near where you want any new garden to be. Build your compost bin, fill it with compost, use it all year at the next spring, shovel out all of the compost, use it where you need it, and that ground that the compost pile was on is a perfect place to start a new garden. The soil will be rich in organic matter. It'll have a ton of biology in it. It is really uh, a great way to prep a new space to start growing things in. Now, easy work. Having... um, Having that soil built for you so you don't have to deal with it and let it turn into something great for you to grow in the next season. It's one of the best things about the cover crops. They restore the soil tilt and quality and they provide nutrients and the organic matter from the roots. Remember, cover crops, do not pull them up. Cut them down, leave the roots in the soil. They will uh, bring in the biology you need. They'll make the water retention be what it's supposed to be. And you will have this rich environment, whether you're putting in a new garden or you're putting in a new flower bed. So give your plants a head start without much effort, doesn't require much to let a cover crop grow, and uh, enjoy it. Have, uh, you know, look at it and go, wow, it's doing all the work, and I'm simply standing here enjoying it and watching it grow. It can be quite quite the event Um, quite effective at increasing your garden and giving you the best results. Now, cover crops are usually available at places like Tractor Supply. Independent nurseries will bring in cover crop seeds. You have choices. There's not just one that will work in the summer just like there's not one that will work in the uh, cold season. There are cover crops like daikon radish. That sounds funny because, you know, you're going to pick this huge radish and enjoy it. That huge radish is going to drill holes in the soil for you, deep and large, and start breaking up that soil. You can dump compost into those holes. You can work them in. You get something you can eat, and you get this great improvement in what your garden is doing. So cover crops are the easy way to have a great season with very little effort. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side.